Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total photonic reversal. Photonic reversal. With your hosts, Conan Neutron and Brenna Betts. Coming to you from the heart of your historically hipster mission. Gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. I'm, I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm a Southern belle. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I'm not exactly certain which. Christmas album. What, what an excellent professional segue that was. Well, I'm very curious about math rock. You know, I kind of know the sound man for Rob Zombie. I'm presenting you the illusion of choice. We will impress you later. Yeah, it's a very good question. And I liked it because of the beginning, middle, and the end. Could not be more professional. Get you pumped up. We have answers. I just want to bring something up that I noticed via postings on the internet. like a science thing, except for slightly different. Welcome, 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 good people across the land and beyond. <laughs> welcome to the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. We welcome you to it. Thank you for joining us. It's going to be a fantastic show. We're going to be joined by the mighty men of Tyranny is Tyranny, who are going to Bring the damage and erudition both in, in equal measures, one can hope. Should be a great, great time. Looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be solid. Woke up this morning, hated life, did not know how on earth I was going to be able to do this show. 
as I do almost every week. I believe my first words were, I can't believe I'm, ugh. And uh, then here we are. So uh, doing a show, having a good time, how we roll, it's what we do, it's, it's, it's what we are. Uh, and here we are. Uh, we got some premieres this morning. We're going to have a uh, kind of a premiere of the new Tyranny is Tyranny for sure. But we're also going to be playing some stuff off the new B. Hamilton record, which I'm, I'm very much looking forward to. And uh, that should be a good time. And I think uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and make the call. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and hear uh, another song. Good morning, Brenna. Good to see you as always. Joining me in the studio is Brenna Betts. Hi. We're going to get ourselves uh, get ourselves comfy here. What are we enjoying? We're, we're, we're enjoying the mystery of radio. Oh, That's what we're doing the mis- the mystery of radio. Meaning, don't draw attention to the man behind the curtain, please. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Why didn't you just say so? <laughs> the uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's, hear, let's hear a rutabaga jam. How about that? We'll, so we'll start. We'll start off with that. And, I brought uh, you coffee. Oh, good. <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! Here's the here's the ye oldie rutabaga with uh, the through the holes in the floor. Goes a little something like this.
So many things you could say when they're gone That make you like while the coals are still warm The things I've seen through the holes in the floor Will steal this soul from us all I'm sure So be
There they are. That is La Butcherettes. That is there they oh, I'm switching my tenses around the whole thing. What is going on with me? It's done. Might as well just crawl into the grave and pull the dirt in over me. <laughs> it's all over. That was uh, your weakness. Your weakness gives me life by Le Butcherettes. That's off of the Cries for the Flies album. Yeah, coming at you. You can find that on your wherever your local Ipecac delicacies are stored. And by delicacies, I mean records, CDs, or digital compact tapes. Before that, what did we have? We had Cropsies by the ever-so-cumbersomely-named like like the 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 death and that is off of cave jenny that's the name of that record it's on latest flame latestflame.com great great record label that is sadly defunct uh, or going defunct going defunct that sounds like it's it sounds like going going to funk that kind of makes me think of uh, different connotations entirely. Uh, that kind of, you know, what that really makes me think of is, is, is well, it makes me think of, of many things, but not the least of which is James Gang. Before that, we had a. I don't know what we had. Oh, Rutabaga. Through the holes in the floor. Here, listen to the James Gang.
So, there we go. That's our Does It Explode by Tyranny is Tyranny. And before that, we had a premiere by B. Hamilton uh, Perennials off of the Fight Everything record that is just out-ish. And before that, I guess I played the James Gang. And on the phone with us now, we have none other than uh, Mr. Russell Emerson Hall of Tyranny is Tyranny. Hello, sir. Hello. And I think uh, we might have uh, JB there as well, right? Yes. That'd be Mr. Jonathan Brown. Hello to you, sir. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the to the to the greatest sleep deprived show in the land, Protonic Reversal. It's glad to have you. Conan is more tired than everyone today. Yes, I've said I will fight anyone that says they are more tired than than myself because it's untrue. Uh huh. So that was the uh, kickoff song off of y'all's uh, new record, uh, "The Rise of Disaster Capitalism." Right? That's an intense right. mouth of words. Yeah, there's this. Well, I, and I'd, I'd like to point out that during the break, I mentioned that uh, Tyranny is Tyranny is a very abjectly political band. Which to, to which I said, surprise! <laughs> the, the title Tyranny is Tyranny is hyper political. Brenna figured that out. Mm-hmm. I like the accuracy. Yeah, I, unfortunately, the title Girls, Girls, Girls was uh, taken. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Holy crap, that would be amazing. If Tyranny is Tyranny had a record called Girls, 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 that, that would be amazing. It's like all Beastie Boys covers. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, uh, and just to dive right into it, the, the, the message, the melding of politics and music seems to be something that's very important to the uh, core and structure of the band Tyranny is Tyranny. And uh, that's something I think is kind of found wanting a lot of times in uh, lots of lots of music these days, and I, I guess I just uh, you know is it difficult to like are you shoehorning it in or is it something that kind of comes along with the music naturally and organically? Like how does this how does this work for you? Uh, yeah, it's pretty organic now. I mean, um, my previous band as well. Um, I sort of made a conscious decision that I didn't want to sing about personal things um gotcha love songs and what and whatnot actually i mean i was going through like some really really dark times and i'm like no i just can't i can't keep revisiting that over and over every time i have to sing these songs right yeah and it's it's sort of it's it's a different you know and i I guess it's often been said that there's a you know there's the more allegorical model and uh there's the more the more personal model and I mean, some of the stuff is like you know pretty. And again, the the band that uh, Russell's talking about, Brenna and listening to audience, is the band United Sons of Toil, which I was also a, a very big fan of. And you know, there were just these great man, like manifesto, almost uh, listings of like history dates and things along those lines. It's a heavy thing, but if you're down to examine further uh, beyond the, the the surface to it, it it kind of yields rewards and tyranny i think is the same sort of way because i i, I flat out I, I think i mentioned to you russell like i i sort of didn't, didn't quite understand what the hell it was you guys were up to at first and then it was finally when i saw you i was like oh i get it cool this is awesome that's good i'm not quite sure i get it so that's cool <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how people interpret things, and then sometimes you're like, I said that? Wait, what? 
(laughs) You took that away from what I said? Cool. Awesome. I thought I was just bumbling through life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, lyrically also, we're not very... There's a lot of impressionistic things. So it's like, hey, this song is about politics, but if I hadn't necessarily told you that, you might not read into it that way. Sure. Um, So... It's definitely more of an impressionistic um, approach. Well, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's necessarily like you know 13 point plan outlined in the lyrics of the song or anything where <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean it doesn't seem like it's like overt or anything, but it's it, for anyone I think that chooses to kind of be like oh what's this guy caterwauling about they can they can find like oh it's it's this is some pretty heavy interesting stuff that I, 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 to me it would be. You know, it happens to generally sort of match my worldview, but it would, uh, you know, be interesting to me even if it didn't, just because it's so kind of meticulously sort of well researched and it's just kind of it, the heaviness sort of matches the heaviness of the music in a way. I mean, even like the album cover, you got a uh, what is it, like an osprey in a bag or something like along those lines. What is that? It's uh, yeah, it's a hawk. There's actually a funny story to that album cover. Uh, I was um, at a Thanksgiving. Um, event with um, my girlfriend and she used to work for a school forest and so we were having the uh, Thanksgiving there and I went to get some ice and in the freezer there were a dozen bags of dead birds oh, um, wow. there to be taxidermied later oh, and I'm like oh album cover grabbed up a armful of them and took them out and put them in the snowbank and took photographs. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice. Did, did, any, <laughs> wow. did anybody think like, like, oh, what's he doing? Those, those are taxidermy. That's not meant for that. <laughs> or are people generally cool with that? Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone really noticed that. <laughs> Wow, yeah, because it's it's kind of like one of those things you almost expect to see of a, you know, like this, like some really heavy eco documentary on uh, <laughs> this is why the world is totally screwed unless you recycle, like like something along those lines. Um, well, I point out that most of those birds had died from disease due to environmental poisoning, and so. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> So listen to Girls, Girls, Girls by Tyranny is Tyranny. They're, uh... <laughs> well, it is very relevant because, you know, there's lots of plastic and floating around our planet. And, you know, those, uh, what are those? Can, the, the, the things that hold cans together. What are those called? Six packs? The things that hold cans together. Yes, those are, those are called six pack. I, I think oh, that's what you you're mean, referring like to. The, the plastic the rings. Yeah, yeah. What do they have a name? Yeah, do those have a cut like an animal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always cut those up. I don't know why we're still using those sort of things as uh, humans. Like, there's got to be a better way to store cans. (laughs) It does seem odd. Yeah. But anyways, I don't think I don't know if those things have a name. They don't. I they're plastic six pack can ring things. That's what they. That's what their name. We're gonna work on that name. Sorry, I went on a tangent. Well, the new, the new micro brew or craft beer trend of using cans now has the solid six pack thing. So I don't know. They're working on it, man. They're working on it. So the uh, I think we I think we now have a subject for our next twelve minute long song <laughs> <laughs> called "We're Working on It, Man." <laughs> uh. 
professional segue here. The uh, name of the record is a Naomi Klein reference, correct? Yes, correct. And there's actually actually there's a quote for it in the, on the on the Bandcamp page. Uh, the, the quote is: "Extreme violence has a way of preventing us from seeing the interest it serves." So, what does that mean to you? Um, well, that's I mean, it's from the al- the album title is a subtitle of her book Shock Doctrine, which is about um, how neoliberalism is essentially ruining the world. Right. Um, and that requires uh, a level of violence, um, either man-made or natural disasters, um, in order to move the, that agenda forward. So... That's it in a nutshell, I guess. And uh, um, actually, isn't tyranny is tyranny? That's um, that's from People's History of the United States, the band name, right? If I remember correctly. Correct. That that's the title of the fourth chapter or chapter of Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. Fantastic book, by the way. And the sidebar: we were we were watching some Netflix series the other night on uh, the American presidents, and I'm always uh, baffled by how much uh, weird, banal minutia. I know about American U.S. history, both the, the good, bad, and the ugly, and uh, that was evidence at least three times where I said the uh, you know something along the lines of like oh, and then you know this happened, and then like the television said it like twenty seconds later, but uh, <laughs> which is was delightful to me and perhaps annoying for Lindsay who was there with me, and <laughs> although she was impressed on one time because I was mentioning how Andrew Johnson. Johnson got drunk at uh, Lincoln's second inauguration and gave like a rambling speech because he had too much whiskey. <laughs> and then they went into that story like immediately afterwards. Like, oh yeah, look, see? I think I'm just pulling this out of my ass. I'm not. <laughs> this actually it was wasted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. But yeah, People's History of the United States is an incredible book. Something that, uh, you know, in the, in the Bay Area, it's, you know, I think they even have it available for kids to check out when they're, when they're in school. But definitely, uh, you know, groundbreaking in rep- schools, really, yeah, and in Berkeley and uh, in, in Oakland, oh, that makes sense. SF, I mean, like you know, probably not the burbs, but uh, so. But it's interesting because that's such a crazy, groundbreaking, almost punk rock book in its way. That uh, to me, I would sort of like liken it to like a Fugazi or something along those lines that and the fact that it could kind of be a, a a changer of people's minds and opinions to kind of dig a little deeper and kind of find this whole other world of information and things out there and uh yeah i mean it it's definitely a a perspective that's not well representative represented in mainstream media or education um so yeah well, and it kind of it's like history is written by the winners, right? I mean, so that's the that's the big thing. History is written by the winners. So yeah, that's I mean that's true to a degree. But if you're a free thinker, then you can go and find more information just by being. Yeah. I mean, sure. Like, sadly, the masses aren't necessarily going to do that, but there are lots of people in the world which I can't actually figure out. Like. Are we just surrounded by like-minded people, or are there lots of people out there that are asking questions and looking for, you know, the alternate history or whatever? Right. Well, I mean, I think just for especially for young people, you you don't necessarily have any frame of reference that there's anything other than what you've been told. 
Um, and then at some point, there's this crack that gets opened up where you're like, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't jive with what I've been told or what I thought I knew. And then you start, if, if you're interested, if you're that kind of person, then you start widening that crack and then you fall into it. Do you feel like there's a way to, like, push people into being more that, that way? Or, like, not push, but, like, inspire, I guess? Yeah, have you seen their album cover? <laughs> Definitely. Thanks, Conan. I was well, I mean, getting towards a I larger guess, discussion. I guess that's what, kind of what, um, what we try to do. I mean, people, we've, we've had the criticism level at us with not, not, totally unfair is that you're preaching to the choir, right? You know, people that are into, you know, underground music, extreme music, whatever, are, are typically left-leaning anyway. Um, I guess our thought is that if we can move the meter a little bit on people thinking that there's more to it than just voting straight Democrat, um, that, yeah. you know, that kind of thing is like, hey, okay, yeah, we know that you generally have this world view. Think about it. Think about it even more, um, and realize that maybe the two-party system is not going to function in a way that you think it's going to. Right. I mean, are you telling I- me you're not ready for Hillary, Russell? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, are you telling me you're not ready for Hillary? <laughs> I mean, I, I, this is an interesting and very relevant topic in my world and generation and whatnot. I grew up in Florida, and my first election was the one that got horribly botched. Oh, man. Therefore, when that happened, I personally lost all interest in being completely passionate and energetic about politics entirely. Right. Like, it, right. it completely ruined my adult um, like momentum of being like, yeah, I'm a young adult and I can change stuff. And then I was like, nope, nope, not like that at least, nope. But it was it was a good lesson to, for me to learn that like change has to come from different methods. That the one that is built for us is not necessarily reliable, which is unfortunate because you know being a kid. Maybe it's maybe it's different now in our, the younger generations that are growing up, but you're kind of taught that, like, the infrastructure that we live in is something you can trust and rely on, and it will support you. We're but, definitely told that, for sure. R- right, but, but that, you know. That's the point. That, that keeps you, that keeps people thinking that, oh, if I just trust the system and work within the system, I can change stuff. So that that is... That is absolutely what the point of, you know, the system is set up to perpetuate itself, and that's all. Right, because the the winner's right, you know, like they're looking to win, and you have to keep people believing that this thing, and, and so I guess it's interesting to have an experience that is completely outside of, like, someone else pushing you or guiding you or whatever, to actually see, like, wow, this really failed me. This absolutely, in every way, failed me. What do I do? Yeah. Agreed. I mean, there are levels of intensity that 
uh, can lead you down different paths. Um, uh, clearly, we're not <laughs> our music isn't anywhere close to what you're describing as an experience, but maybe it's a, it's an additive effect. Somebody's been wondering about something, and then they read. Right, and then you know, or read whatever. Right, and then they're like, "Oh, there are other people like me." Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like it, it could be as easy as you know, someone likes thinking like, "Hey, that's a wow, that's an arresting looking album cover." Okay, interesting. And then they look at the titles and like, "Oh man, that sounds stone cold." That's like, what? Is, what does that mean? And then they, you know, maybe like look into the phrase and like find like, "Oh, well, that's." You know, that's a reference to you know, some political ethos or, or you know, something that reference to some atrocity of some kind. And that's what that is. And that allows them to, like, dig a little further in the same way that you would for, like, finding the liner notes in, in like, the 90s. I, I, a lot of times I would like, get a record and, like, the, the bands that were thanked in the liner notes, I would go seek those bands out. It's almost like you could. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I I researched the lyrics that were on the first Gang of Four record, and that was, like, hugely, you know, uh, informative for me and informative. Um, yeah, and that's one something I was going to ask, because that's something that, uh, it, it sort of, not, musically, Tyranny is Tyranny does not remind me of Gang of Four in any way, shape, or form. But uh, just with the with the absolute melding of the politics and, and music, I would say that that's a pretty close... Only to the, those first, yeah, those early, uh, you know, your entertainment and gang of four, which is interesting because most bands don't. I've seen a few bands try to pull that off, and like usually it ends up coming off like a little bit, uh, you know, more false or just not engaged enough, or like maybe on like maybe a little more on the entertaining side rather than on the uh, you know, sincerity side. But it's definitely, I, I've never. Looking at all the appropriate materials that come with a tyranny, tyranny, even without the context of knowing who you guys were, I, I, it's definitely it's some serious stuff, and it's 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 interesting to me that I'd like to think that someone like that's getting a tyranny's record might also pick up some Naomi Klein or some Howard Zinn, and you know, yeah, do some research on their well, own. I, well, I mean, you know, a couple years ago, uh, I met a kid when we played at the. PRF Summer Barbecue, and he was asking about the name of the band, and I told him about the Howard Zinn book, and several weeks later, he emailed me and said, I just bought that book, and I'm reading it, and it's blowing my mind. So, that's fantastic. You know, small, small victories. Yeah, yeah, it's like getting someone into neurosis or something, or, you know, in the same sort of way, like in a different kind of... Uh... Kind well, of I mean, actually, I was thinking about that topic because I was wondering, I mean, you're... The bay on the night, not the psychological disorder. Go ahead. Right. Uh, you're here talking to us on our radio show, which is rad. But, you know, like, how often do you get to really get into a conversation about what you're writing about? And in, in maybe at shows, I guess, or whatever forum, like, are you able to go out? Do you have time in your life to, like, go out and talk to kids and or even just people about the subjects that you're writing about? Um, not, not specifically. I mean, yeah, talking to people at shows and, you know, I've been asked to write, you know, like, guest blog posts uh, here and there, um, and you know, through interviews. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it, we have to lead with the music, right? Right. Because at least that's how I feel. Uh, I'm not necessarily an orator or a 
provocateur. Um, I'm primarily a musician that tries to inject some something other than girls, girls, uh, girls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, and it's so, but I think it, it's interesting that I think you've kind of hit on, hit upon a pretty interesting uh, topic that you know you for instance you got this you've got that shirt Russell that says in bright colorful letters the kids want communism which I think is a, an incredible shirt and it has a great story behind it as well that I, I love for you to tell but it's almost like, that almost is a great shorthand to like oh that's a funny shirt this and that you know and then that starts the conversation that you could actually getting into some deeper stuff or it could be someone could just appreciate the you know the reference and then the the joke yeah. the shirt as as a thing on its own uh yeah um the shirt i found wadded up encrusted in sweat behind a couch um backstage at a club in hamburg germany and um i just stuffed it in my backpack and finally washed it when i got home <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like I, I can't even imagine how it how it came to be, but it seems like it's one of those things that was just meant to be in your possession, <laughs> from from my standpoint. So sometimes the universe works out that way, and I say that as as an avowed humanist and atheist. <laughs> yeah, I prefer to think of it as a coincidence, but yeah, totally. Wait a second, <laughs> you don't believe in things being meant to be? I no, know lots absolutely of absolutely not. I know lots of people don't. I don't. Why? Why not? <laughs> what do you mean? Why not? Why is it burden of proof on me? <laughs> I'm asking <laughs> both of you. It's not a burden by there's, any means. I'm just curious. There's no, there's no guiding force outside of the physical world. So everything is just a coincidence. It's all Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. It's all chaos theory. I think that could make for a very long half hour. I was going to say, I think it's a separate I, show. I really, yeah, I'm like, I need to watch that movie before we get into that. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that. Well, if you're I've... watching Jurassic Park exclusively for the chaos theory parts, you might be a little let down. But, I mean, he does have a pretty good little little interesting I just recently, I saw it on, like, a bar TV when I was in Brooklyn, and I was like, oh, I need to rewatch this movie. Anyways back to chaos theory i it's just i i think it's really interesting to hear that point of view because i have a different point of view but i don't necessarily disagree with that with with what you're saying like i i agree but i just feel like i've personally had different experiences that allow me to feel like there's something else going on that maybe i don't understand you know. Oh, and and absolutely, there are things that we don't necessarily understand, but I don't think they're supernatural. Um, and I also think that human beings are evolutionarily programmed to assign meaning to things, whether there's actually meaning there or not. Um, and that's okay because that helps us have rich, fulfilling lives. Um, but we shouldn't read into more than that. Yeah. Yeah, hey. I mean, you can take it too far. That's definitely... Hey, JB. Yes. Uh, yes you, sir. Are you ever like... Uh, I, I don't know what, uh, what Russell's on about. I just want to party, man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> wait, so wait. That... With all the album titles that you would ever want to. <laughs> for the rest of your life. 
<laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, it's no, like, I, it's a heavy, it's a heavy thing to like have all this other stuff attached to it beyond the music. Is that ever like you know a problem? Or are you fully on board with it? Like, what's what's up, man? With with this, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I uh, it, it's funny how the, the weird way I came to be in this band, but it's it's pretty much you know right in line with with my views you know on politics. I. I went to school. I have a poli sci degree. I actually ran for I actually ran and won a seat on a town board just outside of Madison here. And that it not only had somebody like he never had an African American on their board. He never will ever again. Right. Yeah. I was going to say. Um, yeah. So. so <laughs> no, no, I mean, sorry. So that's, that's that may sound dismissive of the culture, but yeah, I, I imagine it would be a rare thing. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's it's like when somebody else moved to town and was like, "Oh, great, there are three of me now." Yeah. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and then they moved, and it was just back to the one. Yeah. I, I've yeah. lived in a place like that. It's very strange. Well, everybody yeah. knows yeah. your name for kind the wrong of. reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. You look like that guy in TV I saw on the news in the police car. Nope, that's another black guy. <laughs> I was going to go for the joke and say Steve Harvey because, of course, you look nothing like Steve Harvey. But no, no, that's that's always there, the joke. There are several, there are several other famous black men that I do look like. Apparently, <laughs> we, we, really? I go on for hours, 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 hours. But anyway, back to the. We, the well, we have had some really, really interesting um, discussions about systematic racism and yeah. profiling and right. stuff that have have been like. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily eye-opening, but like, you know, very, those have been very important talks that we've had, and it's really awesome having that perspective in the band. Um, you know, I mean, I, I actually, before we, we tried out JB, and he had learned all the songs ahead of time, and he totally kicked ass, and then afterwards I called him up, and I'm like, hey, um, I kind of need you to be on board with our worldview, too, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and, right. And he was. And so it's it's fantastic. Nice. Yeah, it, it's 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 absolutely nothing that's more out of the out of the realm in fact even in a lot of ways you know I I I've, I've learned a lot. I mean, I I've, I've known about the book People's History of the United States, but I never I would have never thought to read it because you know it's big and long and you know yeah it's but, pretty I, cumbersome yeah but I, but I read a slide. that's what she said yeah it is <laughs> but, but i read it and 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 i'm and i'm glad i did regardless you know regardless what i was in the stand or not i'm glad it's something that i that i did and, and it affected my life and and you know definitely um i mean it's the thing would be when you had asked a question earlier about how i think it was you brennan asked about uh um, how do you, you talk to kids or whatever? Well, it's interesting. The neighborhood I live in, I live in a very, in a very, um, I guess, middle class, upper middle class neighborhood here in, on the west side of Madison. And, uh, you know, everyone around me is, you know, fairly liberal. I mean, well, this town, town is in, in a sense, or at least liberalism as we know it. And so people will ask me about the band all the time in, in my neighborhood. You know, and and he'll try to say, "What does it sound like?" And I'll say, "We, we, man, we have this conversation all the time. Like, I, I can't even 
bring up bands to describe us, you know. <laughs> right. It's sort of like, where, you know, where would you start like with any, that? Yeah. <laughs> you sound like a little bit of everything and 90% of the bands you have never heard of in your life anyway. Is, is, there, um, is it like, y'all sound like that uh, that guy that sings that happy song? Is it like that? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have a southern accent all of a yeah. sudden? I, I don't know. It's just any... <laughs> It's just it's just easier, sorry. <laughs> it, it's like a little bit of Maroon Five. But 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 the the thing I, I really try to bring up is is our is our the lyrics. More than the music itself. Because, oh okay. sure. You know, you go on all day and talk about, you know, what what it sounds like and I'll just sit there like, uh, I, I don't know. But then I'll start talking about what our what our message is, and and here it really stirs interesting conversation. I mean, sure, yeah, I thinking. imagine. Well, it's yeah. very yeah, Madison is a very progressive city. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's progressive is you know, and and I love Madison, I love this this city, but but uh, you know, I I think and I think Russell would agree. We have this the city kind of has this uh, this view that it's that it's much more liberal and progressive than it really is. Yeah, yeah every, I much mean, more forward thinking than it really is. Yeah, um, yeah, I feel and, like that's and, and so it common. makes for really interesting conversation. Yeah, that yeah. Re- that definitely resonates over here. I mean, San Francisco for sure is. Well, there's a lot of fear in people naturally, and I feel like fear creates a hesitation to being honest and like really addressing certain things because of whatever reason. And that's actually why I, I asked the question because. In my experience with, like, the botched election in Florida and being a part of that and being really disappointed in our system and how it's set up at a very young age, understanding how it, it's not working, at a, you know, like, I was, like, barely an adult. And yeah. then realizing that talking about things is, in a large part, like, the only way to really start an influence because I realized that things are set up in a certain way and they're not necessarily going to change within my lifetime, at least. I mean, maybe even ever. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like anything's going to be the different, like the powers that be are holding on to the system very tightly. And I don't think I'm going to be able to, to change that. And maybe like you guys have realized that and therefore chose music as an outlet, but it's really overwhelming to think like, oh, this isn't working, and there's nothing I can do about it. And so what do you do? Like, will you talk about it? That's all we really, I mean, we have, like, that freedom, at least. And then you meet people, and you talk about things with them, and then they start thinking about it, and it's like the butterfly effect. That's really, honestly, what I feel like, personally, I've seen, like, the effect so then after the butterfly effect, like, people start thinking, people start talking, people get angry. Well, like, then what happens? I, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Are you talking about the movie with I, Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> I'm talking about the concept that I had thought of long before that movie came out, but that is an interesting movie. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's easy to put yeah, in words. I, you know, I Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that guy. Yeah, that, it's okay. He's out there punking people, and nobody knows. And <laughs> nobody cares. They're just like, God, my life sucks. Oh, it's Ashton Kutcher punking me. Cool. And now it really sucks. <laughs> Anyways. You're married to Demi Moore. I know. I think they got divorced or something. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought they'd split up, too. Oh, okay. Well, this week on Entertainment Tonight. 
I was going to say, I don't, I don't necessarily know if that needs to be our focus. Yeah, right now. Political change and Ashton Kutcher. Does anybody know if Timmy Moore is still married to Ashton Kutcher? Can we get to the bottom of that, please? Can we get an intern on that? But yes, change and stuff. That's hard to come by, but it's constant. Well, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's JB, Russell, what, what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Is that like an accurate assessment of the, the tyranny's tyranny worldview as well? Or Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's kind of what I was talking about is, like, we're not going to necessarily, you know, take a, a staunch uh, white Christian conservative Republican and all of a sudden make them a liberal but we can maybe move somebody that thinks that, hey, as long as I vote for the Democratic president once every four years, you know, I'm doing my part. Well, that's not. That's yeah, not that's, the case. that is the bare minimum of participation in in democracy. <laughs> well, I mean, sure, I, and you can take it to all different levels. And I, I, the thing that I find frustrating sometimes is when people put this definition around like the importance of doing certain things to be active and to be like sure you should be informed but you know we do all have a choice in what we're informed and like how we decide to use that information and vote or whatever or not vote or choose you know like and you have a life too right There's right exactly that's what i'm that <laughs> yeah exactly what do you spend your time hey, doing speak for yourself buddy that's what i was gonna ask you guys like what do each of you do for a living? Like, what, how do you make your blow your minds? Income? Next question. Income. I'm a programmer. Okay. And I am a sales manager, or was. I'm kind of in this point where I'm trying to reinvent myself a little bit. Then reinvent yourself. Sales management is not fun. Yeah, that sounds stressful. <laughs> Worrying about making yeah, sales. It, it, Sounds. It is trying, trying to trying to bend people to uh, uh, to, to suit your needs. Yeah, it, it is very stressful. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is to manage people to to bend people's will to what you want. <laughs> you know, <it's>, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, and that's the thing. It's another aspect of what um what you've talked about as bands. I mean, since I've been in the band, is is having the views that we have you know, collectively, but then having to live within the boundaries of things that you you don't necessarily believe in, you know? Right. Um, yeah, You yeah. know, but you, everyone has to make a living. Everybody has to, you know, eat and feed families and, and things like that. Um, it's really hard. So I, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and even outside, Bantam, you know, there's a... You know, how many other people are kind of stuck in that, have actually taken the time to think about that, you know, first of all, because I think you you tend to go through your daily life, and then as you get older, time just goes, just flies by, and you don't really stop to think about your your, your footprint in the world, you know, um, you know, as each day goes by, and when you really start to think about it, you know, and kind of part and parcel with everything we've been talking about is, what do you do to... You know, kind of do your part to to you know to use a sports ball phrase that the uh, cliche that I like to use: move the chains. Yeah. yeah. Ever so slightly. Well, and also, well, well, 
both JB have... and both JB and I are parents, and like as Ooh. I've said before, you know, like raising children is probably the most intensely political action that you can do. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so, I mean, teaching critical thinking is probably priority number one. Oh man, I you would you would be well, you personally would not be surprised at all. I'm sure, but I was the the pejorative you might be surprised by how much I say that in my daily life. So I'm going to go ahead and give you one of these for that critical thinking. Let's hear it for critical thinking, folks. Thank you. I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a shortage of critical thinking humans in the world and if you can somehow raise one good yeah like you've done <laughs> good your on part you. <laughs> yeah like good good for you so do you, so this is good i think this is a question i'm going to pose to both of you so do you talk about why you guys do tyranny is tyranny and what it means to your kids like are they do you engage with yeah. them on it a- absolutely uh, I, I remember having one conversation with my older daughter, and she was oh, probably 12 at the time or something, and we are talking about a bunch of the lyrical inspirations for the first record and, and about people's history of the United States, and she said, wow, it's so weird that there's so much stuff that they don't tell us in school. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great response. <laughs> She, yeah, that's you, that must have been mind blowing for you to hear her say that. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's like, yay! I've yeah. done my part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, cool. My daughter's eight, and she, um, and for her, I mean, she's you know, fortunately, and I love my daughter absolutely more than anything. But she's in that listens to you know kids pop every day and. Oof. And I try to slowly, you know, try to, to to get her to listen to things like, for instance, she likes, she really likes self-evident. Oh, that's awesome! There's one band that I like that she likes. Um, but it, but <laughs> yeah, it, you, do you try you to know, like sneak in like a and... sneak in a Melvin's record between the kids' bop or something? Like, how does that work? <laughs> I try, but then oh, I, I, I get try there. to play our stuff. I, I play our stuff, and she hears the loud guitars, and she's like, "God, Dad, it's just." Your music is just so. Oh, she but likes the softer that, stuff. We're working on it. Well, you know, I, I played, I played a song um, from our first record um, for my daughters, and it got they listened very carefully and got done. And my younger daughter said, first of all, songs are supposed to be three and a half minutes long." <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that. <laughs> Russell getting taken to school. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, so there's hope yet. Well, I mean, eight years old. That's pretty. That's pretty young to be. Yeah, it, it is. I but when I was a kid and talking about musical influences, my my brother, who was the oldest in my family, he listened to, I grew up in the 70s, you know, I was a child, a, you know, a, a young child in the 70s, so he listened to Kiss and Zeppelin and, and that stuff. My dad, my sisters all listened to disco, mm-hmm. and I listened to, my dad listened to fusion jazz, and that's what I grew up on, which is very influential how I played drums. I, I, to this day, you know, I 
I try to incorporate things from from the jazz drummers that I've listened to that are, you know, well, I you're that I only go. dream to be as skilled as, you know, but, you know, I try to fake it occasionally. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, I totally forgot what my point was. I had a point. I haven't <laughs> forgot I had a point. I haven't heard any disco beats yet. No, I, I never went to disco, though. I couldn't. I couldn't handle it when I was a kid. It, it was it, it. It completely just went against my four and five year old, you know, fusion jazz listening sensibilities. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. You know, I I, I just didn't understand it. It wasn't complex enough. It wasn't it wasn't thought provoking enough. You know, it, right? It, there was you know. They all sounded the same to me back then. But I have an appreciation for disco now, that at least slightly. You know, a mm-hmm. little more than I did when I was five. It's a Protonic Reversal exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the title of our next, uh, the Tyranny <laughs> album after Girls, Girls, Girls will be Disco Fever. <laughs> <laughs> which, which will be all about, about beer can tops and, and making sure we don't kill animals with, you know, choke animals. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. <laughs> with with plastic ring things. Right itself. <laughs> so I, I, have a, I have a wild segue that I, I want to bring up. Uh, Russell, I want to talk to you about your beard. And I mean this earnestly. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I, having known you for as long as I have, or you know, at the very least been acquainted, if not uh, you know, the, the years since we've been friends, I, I always knew you as a clean-shaven dude way back when. And uh, you've you've come to possess grow a beard that is uh some might say heroic beard that uh, is is a defining facial characteristic and it's something that i, I wonder like do people and and i say this as someone that when i used to wear glasses it was a defining characteristic for my face and there are some people that when i stop wearing glasses like would just kind of like look at me and sort of like squint their eyes a little bit and like lean in a little closer and they wouldn't actually be able to place who i was because they looked for the glasses and is that something that you find that people like just kind of, you know, spot the beard in the audience? <laughs> or is, is that something that only is for glasses or, you know, like how much does it become something that people just know you as like, oh, beard dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. I mean, but people didn't recognize me for a couple of years. I think I know you. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I. I was clean shaven for most of the time, and then in probably a knee jerk reaction to um, getting divorced and my ex wife's former wishes, I took it to the extreme of the other way. So, is that something that we were just like, I'm, all right, I'm just going to screw it, I'm just going to do this? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, change. yeah. Yeah, and, and now I. I yeah, it, it just feels like a defining characteristic, and uh, I actually, uh, I like hiding my chin, so uh, I'll probably keep this for a while. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, hey, you're good on you. It's a, it's a good beard, man. <laughs> like it's, as, as someone that really can't grow one, like, it's it's a pretty, like I said, it's a pretty impressive beard. I feel like that would be scary if you got rid of it for your child. I mean, doesn't isn't that a thing? Like kids freak out when. Oh yeah, well, my kids 
every time I see them, they're like, when are you going to shave that off? They hate it. So Really? <laughs> That's really funny. Wow. Because I feel like if you actually did it, they'd be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Who? Wait, no, I don't like this. Yeah. I, I did it once about three. I had a beard for like a year and a half, and then I shaved it off. And immediately, like, as soon as I looked in the mirror, clean shaven, I regretted it. And so I immediately started growing it back. <laughs> Yeah, like, what are you going to do, glue it back on? Yeah, that's not going to fly, you know? <laughs> like, no, what did I do? Oh, that's so, that's unfortunate. Luckily, it's 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 reversible, so, you know. It's reversible? Look for the new yeah, hit I mean, single by yeah, Tyranny of like, Tyranny, Reversible Beard. Is it velvet on the inside? Like, you need to turn it right side out. <laughs> like the, a, the inside is lime green. Like a velvet beard cast in iron. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, you don't know what's going on on the inside until <laughs> I reverse it. I, I feel like I'd be remiss uh, if... Uh, I, I'm sorry, did you have something to add to that little sidebar, Russell? Uh, what's that? Did you? I'm, we, I did. I interrupt you there. I was gonna segue out of that. Sorry. Oh no! Go ahead and segue. Segue away. I, I was gonna mention that uh, folks should should look into the rise of disaster capitalism. You, I guess, the best place to get is either on the Fatry Records, which is P H R A T R Y uh, site, or the uh, you can get also get it on the um, you can get a link on the Bandcamp to get the digital album. Yeah. Which is, Actually, right now, the only place to get it is either download it for free on, on the Bandcamp um, page, or um, you can pre-order the vinyl through a link on that page as well. Right, and that's, uh, and that's, that's tyrannyistyranny.bandcamp.com, uh, Correct. which my phone so desperately wants to be tranny is tranny. Uh, <laughs> just... oh, okay, Conan, we know what you like to talk it's about. Very, it's very desperate to correct so it. Totally, totally different band. <laughs> <laughs> That's the San Francisco version. That's they... our that's our porno grind alternative. <laughs> Wait, please tell me that's actually a genre. Did you just make that up or is that real? No, that's a real thing. That's a real thing? Oh my wow. gosh. I have research to do. Learn all kinds of things in this show, don't you? I might end up finding the wrong links to <laughs> do yeah. my research. Careful careful with it. Maybe keep your safe search on with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a, a vinyl pre-order campaign on there that uh, there's there's a link on the Bandcamp link to uh, check out that goes to the uh, poorly named Groovebot at gotagroovrecords.com. dot com. Really, yeah. Groovebot? That's that's they're like, yep, that's yeah. the name. They didn't ask me about that. So. <laughs> they didn't get your approval. They should have though. I'd like to point out that uh, there's currently six hundred and sixty-seven dollars. Uh, raised out of a thousand dollars right now, so you are. I know that's rather unfortunate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really oh, is. you missed the boat by one. Damn it! Well, you can say you're louder than the devil. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's true. I Conan, I I just had this mental image a few moments ago, and I didn't want to interrupt your the important information because you should, everyone should buy the record. But have you ever wrote a Segway? No, <laughs> I have not written. Okay, I'm just. Gonna, I haven't, but I would like to. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm just curious because, like, sometimes I see people riding segways around San Francisco, and I'm like, oh, that's what you decided to do today—not a bike. Are there, 
Are there like Segway tours of San yes, Francisco? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Like it's, droves of like ten people on Segways. It's really weird. It's, a, it's surreal. There, there's a they do a tours around Lake Merritt in Oakland too, and, and it's, also, it's a trip, man. It's it's crazy to see so many of those things tooling around. It's so funny because when people I, haul ass on them too. I know, and I, like you take the governor off or something. And I was in Golden Gate Park at the disc golf course one time and I just saw like a Segway tour randomly go through the park and it was like so like non sequitur out of place where I was like that that, seg- that tour guy just decided to like take his own route today or something but it's like all of a sudden you're like in the wilderness and there are like 15 German people on Segways. Get on the Segway. No time to explain. <laughs> Can they drive on grass and stuff? Well, I think if it's like a path that's, and I'm pretty sure it was like, you know, not paved, but like dirt gravel path, that's fine. I don't know about going in the grass or something, but, you know, Golden Gate Park is very diverse in its landscape. So there were areas, there are areas that are totally fine and obviously like people want to see on a Segway, but I was like, you know, and there guess, are also yeah. like hidden paths where like you could be in the woods and there could totally be a paved path nearby. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, vehicles like Segways just like in the woods. Like, oh, well, hey, <laughs> I just, I just had this, when he said professional Segway, I was like toning on a Segway. All right. That would definitely be a professional Segway. <laughs> yes, it would, especially if you're on tour. Spelling counts. Uh-huh. Wouldn't that fall under motorized vehicles, which probably wouldn't be allowed? I think that because they they don't go very fast and they're like electric, you know, it's not quite the same. And they only have two wheels. I don't know. Yeah, I see. Uh, uh, no. What's his face from Mythbusters? I was always tooling around one of those things. Um, you you saw him? Somewhere? Yeah, yeah, because they, they shoot in uh, they shoot in Alameda. Uh, oh, I've, I've seen him. It's pretty clear when they're shooting. There's like big camera crews and stuff everywhere, and there's stuff exploding. So it's usually pretty clear when. The, and the he's just like around. on a Segway with an explosion in the background. Well, I mean, it, think about it. If you got like, uh, so they go to the old, um, uh, what is it, the the old naval base, right? And it's this huge expanse of land. You got to get from one area to the other. It actually is a pretty effective way to get from point A to point B. My, I guess. My dad um, had his retirement ceremony at that naval base, so oh, okay. I've, I've been all up in that naval base. Mm-hmm. Here's a suggestion. How about a bike? Yeah, no, I know. Seriously. <laughs> That's my thoughts exactly. That's why I was laughing so hard and, like, actually had to refrain from saying it immediately when I thought of Conan on a Segway. Because, <laughs> like, one time I was at Dolores Park with my friends. This was years and years ago before I lived in the city. Um, and we're sitting there. My friend was like, telling a really hilarious story so i didn't want to interrupt him but i saw this man you you have no problem doing that with me go ahead no that's because you hate it so i do it on purpose um but he this man like was riding by this park on his segway and i didn't say anything although in you know this was when segways were very very new and i was thinking like there's a man on a segway like by himself just chilling like 
going around San Francisco. My friend stopped his story and interrupted himself and was like, there's a Segway! And like pointed and everyone in the park looked over and started <laughs> laughing. And the guy totally stopped because he thought he was being like, you know, like yeah. said someone was saying hi to him. Yeah. And everyone just started laughing. Oh, man. And like, like everyone in the park, it was like, you know, like 40 people like stopped and looked over and I felt really bad for the guy, but it was also hilarious. That's, that's probably an actual nightmare that guy has had come to life. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> It's like everyone turned and stopped and was like, Segway! <laughs> Anyways, that's the lighthearted version of this interview. We can go back to talking about politics now. <laughs> so talk to me about Kabuki Snuff Theater. What's that? Uh, it's a song. Yes. It's about drone warfare and torture memos. Whoa. Which is about which is about the craziest segue you'll hear on any radio show today, I guarantee you. But um yeah, so that's uh, that that's a heady topic. It's it's very uh you know <laughs> it's in the news, so to speak. Uh yeah. Um it's topical, I guess. Um I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> well, I mean, what, why, why are you like, like, first of all, it's it's a fairly evocative name. How does how does the name tie in with the comic? Oh, um, well, it started as, as a goof, really. Um, somebody thought that, like, some of the intervals in the first riff sounded vaguely, uh, you know, Eastern scales, and so then we just, we're riffing off that, and all of a sudden Kabuki came up, and then, yeah, but we're shooting people, so, I don't know, Kabuki stuff theater. Then as we actually started working on the lyrics and started thinking about it, it actually made more sense and gained a lot of gravity because Kabuki is a very sort of rigid, stylized right. uh, form of dance, Japanese dance um, and theater, and... It's, but it's it's all a facade. It's it's you know, and so it's kind of a metaphor for you know, video game warfare with drone operators you know working in in underground buildings or dark buildings in Nevada and you know killing people in Kuwait or whatnot. Um, it's very stylized and abstracted form of war. Um, so I don't know. It's a ten, it's tenuous. Yeah, but but yeah, it's evocative. Well, no, I mean, I think that that's you know, it's like we were talking earlier. It's almost like you, you find the find the touchstone, the entry points for getting further into the uh, into the message or the music, and that can be something that just sort of it catches the attention of like, huh, oh, okay, what's that all about? Interesting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I just think it's. I was wondering what the story was behind that. That's it. Nothing. Nothing too crazy. Well, I mean, there's also a song on the record called "Victory Will Defeat You," um, and that yeah, um, that's a that's a terse um, one. That's one where you definitely took your daughter's advice on that one, right? <laughs> that comes from Batman. You know, Bane said that. Oh. Peace has cost you your strength. Victory will defeat you. So I'm not too proud. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, and that's a uh, yeah. So and that's a. And I guess that's something you know. And certainly, I've joked about battle with you both on and off the air. But the the song composition, it, it's. I mean, you guys aren't 
you know, aren't, aren't, writing, aren't writing three minute radio songs to be sure. But, but it kind of seems like the songs that sort of develop and and uh, grow however they're gonna do. And it doesn't seem like you're especially overtly concerned about uh, you know uh, tightening it down or, or che- cheating the composition necessarily to uh, fit people's incredibly shortened attention spans. Is that like a is that uh, like, is that an ethos or is that just something that kind of happens? No, I mean that song, which is fifteen minutes long. That you know, we were working on it, and we've been working at it over several months, and putting it all together, and working out the arrangement and and whatnot. And by the time we felt like, okay, yeah, okay, we've got it. This is this is it. Let's record it. See how long it is, man. This is probably going to be a long one, isn't it? And we recorded it, and we were like, oh, god damn it, this is fifteen minutes long. <laughs> and then we just kind of looked at each other and were like, well. As long as it needs to be. That's so not really long. Feel like it's that long when you're playing it. And right. I mean, that's probably the best compliment I got on that song is John Hasty from Nonagon after he heard it for the first time said, "That didn't seem like a 15 minute long song." <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> you're like, great. That's what we we're going for. <laughs> like it's nine, maybe ten, but fifteen. No. <laughs> Three and a half, no. <laughs> it just flew by. Well, and that's good. And that's you know that's what you're looking for. Because you, you, there's conversely, you can have it the other way where uh, you know you got a song that's two minutes. Like, uh, how long was that one? Was three minutes, ten seconds, dude. Come on. Yeah, I feel that way about most YouTube videos. <laughs> you, YouTube videos, you said. YouTube. YouTube. Well, videos. Yeah, th- okay. that too. Apparently, YouTube played in like a subway entrance um, in New York this week. Mm. Randomly. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw huh. I saw it on Tommy Rockstar's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, I think that's pretty cool. Which is a sentence that you can only really say in the year 2015. Like if you tried to explain that sentence to Benjamin Franklin, he would have no idea what you were talking about. Truth, although I bet I could explain it very well and shortly. But also, the fact that they sneakily put their music on everyone's iPhone. You know, like playing in a subway yeah. entrance kind of balances that out somehow. <laughs> yeah, that that went over well. <laughs> yeah. It only balances it out if they get run over. Yeah. No. Well, and that so that actually it brings up an interesting Ooh. point. I mean, I would say Bono's like the the paragon of sort of heavy handed political, uh, you know, uh, posturing. And there's a certain self righteousness. Yeah, self righteous. Thank you. There's a there's certainly a a school of thought that says like uh, politics has no place in music, and it's it's a it's a vocal and I feel ill informed minority. Uh, but have you ever run into situations where someone's like, oh man, music's good, but uh, what's up with all the with all the politics stuff? It's BS, man. Uh, yeah, well, usually people that are more on the reactionary side of the political spectrum um, who, you know, think that capitalism is the best form of economics ever, you know. Um, we had we had a number of people take exception to our song on the first record. It's called The American Dream is a Lie. Yeah, right. That's and that's that's definitely a phrase that catches the attention one way or the other. <laughs> well, 
I mean, it's pretty... It's... It seems pretty intense to, like, talk about that stuff all the time. And then I, I'm sure it's easy to come off as a little bit preachy if you also talk about it all the time and also write about it all the time. It seems like... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we're we're not, like, this dour band that, like, sits around and has, like, these intense philosophical discussions, like, all the time, you know? We're also, like, really goofy and... Yeah. And 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 do a lot of dumb shit, especially, right. especially when we're on the road. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I get the sense that you guys seem to enjoy having random conversation a little more than like talking in in depthly about the content of your music oh uh, no i mean i i have no problem doing that but i'm not necessarily going to try to book a speaking tour either you know? I mean, <laughs> right uh, <laughs> um i i would rather have those conversations happen more organically right that um, that makes sense because I think they're probably more meaningful than that. I mean, a speaking tour would be quite preachy, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I just picture someone, like, at a podium with, like, a bunch of people yeah, in exactly. a really boring room, and they're, like, all falling asleep and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to start giving lectures. That would be one of my speaking tours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> it's interesting, though, because I brought up, er I asked you guys earlier, like, what you do for money. Because I really believe that how we spend our time is really how we, like, influence the world, obviously. But, like, at the same time, you have to, like, feed your family and make money and support yourself. So it's a really hard balance. And I think it's really interesting to talk to artists about, you know, how they got to do what they're doing and what they do with their life. Because that's, like, that's your life. That's, like, what we have here. Time is what we have here on this planet, you know? And it's, like... For me, um, being like somewhat of a boss person in recent years, I always tell employees like, "This is your time. This is your. We're paying you, but this is also like your life. And if you're not happy with your life, then you shouldn't be here." I'm gonna get business cards made for you that say something of a boss person. <laughs> it's an. It's been an interesting topic. Not. I don't. I'm not going to talk about myself i was trying to talk about you guys but like i've been through this transition in recent times and had all you know i get a lot of criticism being somewhat of a leader and so i try i'm just trying to like basically give out the idea and it's something we talk about on the show a lot like how did you get to be doing what you're doing you know like how how do you get to a point where you're like oh i'm happy with how i make a living like i'm happy with what i'm doing with my time uh i'm not unhappy with it yeah. which is a lot which is more than a lot of people can say about their truth, yeah. truth. i mean my job it's it's what i do but it's not who i am right you know i mean it it doesn't define me it's it's just part of me um, I mean, obviously, this is. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm I'm older, you know, so I, I have, I guess, a career, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, 
and if I leave this job, I'm going to probably do similar work somewhere else just because that's where my skill set is. But basically, I do it because it allows me to do the other things that are important in my life, like music and having relationships with um, interesting people and, and so forth. Um, I don't know. Does that... Yeah, I mean... That, does that resonate at all? Yeah, I, I'm just <laughs> curious, like, with that idea of, like, you know, how do you support your creativity, I guess. I, I, it was a long-winded way to ask that question, but it sounds like, you know, you've chosen something that allows you the freedom to, you know, leave and do your creative things sometimes, which is also, like, a really beautiful lu- luxury, and a lot of people don't have that. So that's... Yeah, absolutely, and I'm not, and I'm certainly cognizant of that. I mean, but the same thing, you know, I mean, I hear especially younger people saying, man, I didn't that's like the last thing that's the last thing I want like because I have a job I can do anything I want musically or artistically I I'm beholden to no one I don't have to worry about my stuff selling I don't have to worry about people liking it like I can do anything I want and I have that freedom because I have skills that I can then you know sell on the labor market and on the capitalist labor market that um, will allow me to do that. Yeah, and and like I feel like you know maybe a lot of people would be jealous of that in some ways because they don't have that. Well, it's it's also you know it's not something that's always found easily. Like I, you know, I never talk about it on the show, but I have something that uh, you know I'm 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 good at it. Pays the bills and uh, it's very different from what I do in my creative life, but uh, I'm definitely found a an easy piece with it and it took me years to do that to make it find something that filled my lifestyle yeah i mean it's an interesting topic you know being that you said earlier you're a programmer because we're talking to you from san francisco so we know all about how that works and i've known lots of musicians who are also programmers and i've also felt somewhat jealous of them because i'm like wow like you can go tour in europe for a month that's cool i can't do that (laughs) you know and so there's like a certain level of of tension here because there are so many people that have that luxury and it seems like you you seem like someone who's more humble in that you realize that that's a really fortunate situation and you're not like necessarily um you don't seem you know like you have an ego about it or something whereas i've met a lot of people who do have an ego and don't they do things that are um very entitled i guess and so well, i mean i'm right here and i can hear you I, i'm not talking I about fell, you <laughs> i fell into Sorry. it i mean i i was a journalism major and then I ended up as a technical writer at sort of the you know beginning uh, I was working for a a university um, research lab at sort of the beginning of the era of the web and everyone was like kind of oh the web oh yuck yuck I (laughs) do that and and I'm like "Uh, I'll I'll try to figure it out Um, I I just fell into it you know in 95 or whatever and um so i I feel incredibly lucky that i sort of fell into it right at the beginning and was able to sort of 
ride along with that without ever getting sucked into like dot com madness. Yeah, that's cool. That's super cool. It yeah. is. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot actually. I mean, well, it's a huge topic for us here. I mean, maybe not in the rest of the country, but it's, you know, like there are a lot of people. I actually really like hiring um, people who've worked in tech that had a change of heart because they tend to work really hard, but they also tend to be people who are searching for more human interaction and like creativity because they were lacking that in their professional life for so long that they felt deprived. Which is kind of sad, and I do try to think of that in my own, like, feeling jealous of, like, oh, you have so much money that you can travel? That's awesome. But I'm also like, well, you've also probably worked really, really hard at your job. And so... Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, certainly you would start in the startup mentality, which I've I've been in a little bit here and there, but try to avoid that because it's usually just really counterproductive for having a life um and you don't want to disrupt bro (laughs) sorry i'm not an entrepreneur (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's an interesting world how things are changing it's changing very quickly so i i just i think that how we we spend our time is just very important to like affecting change in the world in whatever way like not everyone can play a guitar really well and write songs and not everyone is a beautiful painter and you know some people are just different in that way but they still have the power to affect change in some form if they're thinking in that way but um so yeah there you go. That's that, that's that's the thing. Uh, I, I have another question that has absolutely nothing to do with that. Uh, what's what's going on? Are you guys going to be a three piece now, or like what's uh, what's up with that? Um, yeah, sort of. Um, in the long run, we will be. Um, we have a couple of record release shows in Madison, Milwaukee, in June, and then we're playing the summer PRF barbecue. Um, and Ryan Werner will be. Nice. Sitting in on guitar uh, for us, who you know well, Conan. He was the Victory and Associates touring guitar player for several tours. He was indeed, and uh, former uh, guest of the show, actually. From right. Back. And um, so, yeah, that'll be fun. I mean, we just we just felt like, well, hey, we're we're putting out this record. Let's like try to do these record release shows that say somewhat faithful to the record right um but then but then after that we're gonna basically retool as a three-piece we're gonna essentially pick pick a handful of songs that we can make a set out of and rip them apart and put them back together and that may mean rearranging them somewhat and maybe playing different parts or trying to combine parts and looper pedals and god knows what um so yeah, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna try try that, and I think we're all feeling really good about that. And if at some point we just feel like it's not quite working as a three piece, then maybe we'll look to try to find another person. But um, that's the plan for now. All right. 
Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you're always welcome on the West Coast, of course. We'd love to help you get you guys out here, maybe uh, next year for PRF West or something. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Brenna? That's, uh, mm, no. It's been great talking to you guys, JB, Russell, from Tyranny is Tyranny. Uh, tyranny is tyranny.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can go to uh, Factory Records, spelled P-H-R-A-T-R-Y, to uh, pick up the uh, Let It Come From Whom It May record. Uh, y'all are on Twitter. It's uh, Tyranny Is, which <laughs> is, is probably good, because otherwise your band name would be half of the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tried to put in, I tried to make it Tyranny Is Tyranny, but that's too long. Apparently there's a limit on Twitter handles. So. <laughs> I guess Twitter agrees they, with your daughter. Yeah, they, th- <laughs> they thought that out. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Tyranny is Tyranny on Facebook as well. And, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for thanks for joining us. It's been great talking to you, man. Thanks, Thank Conan you. and Bretta. Thanks. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, uh, hope to uh, see you sooner rather than later. How about that? Okay. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Uh, All right. Take thanks. care, guys. Thanks, guys. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. There they are. Russell and JB, Tyranny is Tyranny. Let's, uh, let's hear a song from... Uh, from their new record, why don't we hear? Uh, why don't we hear Kabuki Snuff Theater, which is the one that we were talking about earlier? This is uh, this is that.
Kabuki Snuff Theater. Tyranny is Tyranny. Go get that. That's a Rise of Disaster Capitalism. Tyranny is Tyranny.bandcamp.com. You can pre-order it on the Groovebot. That was <laughs> a mouthful. Good job, Conan. Thank you. Thank those you. guys were nice guys. Got that back in the like those guys. Yes. Thank you, guys. Great band, great dudes. Uh, check them out on Twitter, Facebook, uh, all that nonsense. Get into it. That's the show. You've been listening to another episode of Protonic Reversal. We sleepy today. Protonic Reversal. We thank you for it. The show, uh... Oh, no show next week. No show next week. I'm, oh. I'm recording another record. Oh, that's a big deal. Forgot to mention that. Whoa. <laughs> Have you been holding on to that for five months also? I've been writing it for a while, but... Cool. Yeah, probably should have talked about that before the end of the show, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> wow. Don't worry, you'll hear all Poorly about it. Plan. <laughs> Well, that helps me with scheduling somewhat. There you go. So, there you Maybe go. I'll take the day off from work, too. Maybe I'll just have a Thursday to myself. There you go. Well, Conan's doing it. I could do it, too. So, no show next week, but uh, you can find all the past shows, RadioNeutron.com. There's a new site up. It's still being worked, but it's better than the old, better than the old site. Is it fancier? It's a little fancier. We're getting there. So fancy. Radionope.com, uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thursdays, Pacific time for now. Watts of power. Stay tuned for an announcement. We're going to be changing that up at some point. Yeah. You got anything? Things, things are in the works. Doing things. I'm doing things. There is a possibility that I might do another thing, which you guys could listen to. More details soon. Stay tuned. So stay tuned for all that and so much more. Uh, yeah. I think that I think that's really it. <laughs> Alright, check you later. Check you later. Dark and lonely. Got my radio on. to my top 10.
I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. If there's no one there to receive It's the end of radio As we come to the close of our broadcast day See?